0: Hey guys, it's Walt Harris here with another Panther Rants podcast. It's uh, Thursday, almost end of the week. We're getting there, we're just limping the Friday. I think for me, for instance, I was, I've been out the last few days, family was in town. It's just tiring, man, when, just, when your family comes in for a few days, because you're just running around, sometimes nonstop and this and that, and... Then you get back to work and you're tired. That's how I am right now. Tired. But on top of that, I went uh, went to car shopping and I was hoping to get myself a deal with the same dealer and the same salesman that I had because I wanted to be you know do, you know, do the loyalty thing. And it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And that's pretty much what happens with uh, when you go car shopping. Is that the, the you know, a lot of times if you think it's too good to be true, it is it is going to be too good to be true, and you just end up with uh, going back to square one. And it's like you know, then you get then the salesman goes, well, why you know why, you know, why didn't you do business with us this time? I said, like, well, we were such buddies last time, I and mean, you, you know, and now you're trying to screw me, but. Oh, well. Anyways, not really much going on sports-wise. NBA, fi- well, Stanley Cup caps up 3-1. So, it looks like they're going to be pretty much closing out that series. And Ovi gets his first Stanley Cup, which was bound to happen sooner or later. But I'm not sure, though. Is the game is the next game on NBC Sports Network? Or an or NBC or just on NBC? Because that's that's a big question because My thing is if the Caps be an expansion team in the Stanley Cup Finals to win the Stanley Cup on NBC Sports Network, did it really ever happen? I mean think about that. I'm sure the Caps fans will take a Stanley Cup any way they can get it, and I'm sure <laughs> this is one of those ways. You have to be an expansion team. You know, to their credit, they were very good this year, and you know they had a goaltender you know played out of his mind. But unfortunately this series. Hasn't worked out for him, and on top of that, he hasn't had much help either on the uh, you know, on the you know, score sheet. NBA Finals. It's a wash. It's three nothing. It's done. The cap. I mean, it looked good early on. And I thought the I thought the Cavaliers would steal at least one game, and Game One looked like that, that Game One was for sort of taking, and LeBron held the game. But once uh, J.R. Smith did what he did, it pretty much killed the rest. It killed the rest of the series. Although this game here, they just played, they had a chance to come back. I mean, I mean, other than Game Game uh, Two. Cavs have been in it for both of those you know, games one and three. It just Golden State's a really good team. They're just they're loaded. They got got four guys that could be a VP on that team or in the league in general. You know they got four really good guys. You know and Draymond, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. They got through the draft, but they get accused of building a super team because they pick up Kevin Durant. I mean, really, he's just one player. So, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, LeBron supposedly, in the offseason, may talk to Golden State. Not sure how they'll make room for him cap-wise, but it could happen. I mean, not to mention LeBron does have, you know, the, he does have real estate on, on the West Coast. I think, in a, I think in L.A., though. But, who knows? We'll see. I mean, I, the, the guy's pr- pr- approaching his mid-30s. I just can't see him going anywhere else. But maybe mean, finishing, finishing his career in Cleveland, but you, know, you never know. course we have we have the you know the Eagles getting disdivided in the White House and you know my little take on that is it really doesn't we're getting to a point where pretty much where teams will pretty where teams are not going to be go to the White House for a while. I think the whole thing is, you know, it used to be you visit the president, but now it's given who we, you know, who we've put in office, it's just the situation's toxic. You know, when the Astros and Pens won their respective championships and the Patriots, the big debate was whether they would go to the Wilders or not, and, and a lot of times their their character got questioned for going. And it's one of those things where if you go visit, you know, the president, you hate America, or you hate, you know, or, or more, more specifically you hate, you know, American people. Or if you don't go, you hate America in general. So really, it does, you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If I think, yeah, eventually, and probably, I would be surprised if Trump just doesn't have... Invite teams all together. I'm sure the Golden State one. If Golden State wins. I'm sure it's going to be the same old dialogue. These guys aren't going to be meeting up anytime soon. So. Whatever. Now moving on. The pit. Jeff Cable's been tearing it up. He lands on our top, top 150 player. And um these Tony. But. Uh, I believe he's a shooting guard. So, pit stacking up in the backcourt. I would love for them to uh, get some, get a big man, but I don't think it's going to happen this class. And I think Capel realizes, you know, this, you know, they're not really going anywhere. You know, he to build a team to see where these guys, how these guys mesh. And of course, he's gonna get—he's gonna probably sub for next cl- next class. But anyways, he's landed some really good players, and regardless, there's gonna be a lot—probably a lot more excitement than what you saw last year. Anything more exciting than that? What we saw. I mean, that team did give us their— mo- uh, us their moments, but. Going winless in the ACC really didn't uh, help things. And on the flip side, Pitt football still hasn't really landed anybody recruiting wise. Although they did land a tight end for the uh, he's a grad transfer that's going to play He could play immediately by the name of Will Gregg, who played at Arkansas. And he was one of the top tight ends in the nation when he was recruited. Ten in ten games last year for Arkansas, so he's got some game experience. This is actually a big, a big, a big get for Pitt. Well, you hope it is. I mean, on paper it is, but Pitt needs help at tight end after after Chris you know, Clark was you know you know has been gone. Probably not coming back although I don't see Chris Clark much of a loss because he really didn't contribute much anyway and when he did it wasn't all that great I think his only touchdown was against Rice but nobody really stepped up in the tight end role this past year and that was a big thing for that Pitt offense back in 2016 because Scott Orndoff he gave Pitt that security blanket where guys weren't open you dump it to him and he made things happen Pitt needs that back, and of course George Ashton's back as well. He was another one, another weapon Pitt missed. A fullback that can you know block, but also catch passes in, out, in, out of the backfield, which is a rarity because you don't see that a lot. Although they, although they did line up, uh, uh, who was that? Who was that fullback for Pitt? Who they kept putting in motion all the time? Uh, escapes my mind, but he did play for the Giants for a little bit, and it worked out for him. I mean, it was it was funny because he declared for the draft. I remember, and we thought it was all stupid, but of course, Todd Graham was taking over, and obviously. That's why he left, because fullbacks are pretty much useless in that type of offensive Todd Graham runs. You know, the high octane speed, speed, speed. But it worked out for him. I mean, he got a Super Bowl ring, made some big plays in the Super Bowl. I think he recovered two fumbles in the Super Bowl. But uh, he saw some time. I mean, it worked out for me. He, he got an NFL. He got, probably got some NFL paychecks. I'm sure he hope he invested some of it or saved it. But uh, yeah, of course we also. Who else do we have? Comer Collins was a decent fullback. I thought that, I wish they would have gave him the ball more running wise. I thought he could. I thought he was a good runner too. He was a steal that Dave once that just landed out of nowhere. I remember in the uh, the 2004 class, in the 2000, No, that was 2005 class, which would have been part of Walt Harris's last class. I remember Dave took that class over, and you know, he landed that guy, and he was a four-star fullback. I mean, that day, we were seeing the recruiting prowess of Wani, so to speak. So, one of my themes of today is the. Uh, going over the top games in the history of uh, pit football. Not history, but mainly 2000 on where I wanted to start that's pretty much what I've been focusing on, on a lot of things on these lists but uh, going from 2000 to present your top game is obviously going to be 13-9 Pitt West Virginia 2007 the Clemson game was a huge win but Clemson ended up, but Clemson recovered and won, and won the national title but still it was a big win you put that, that that's probably number two Number one's going to be 13-9. For obvious reasons. It's your rival. They need to beat you to go to the, go to the BCS title game. And Pitt just, uh, Pitt's defense. Beat that ass. All, all Pitt need to do is score at least 13 points. I mean, it was actually, I mean, it was a miracle we even got in the end zone in that game. To be honest, but uh, you know, as far as that went, I think we had—I think it was—it was when we had the, uh, yeah, it was when we had the fumble recovery from the kickoff, and I believe we had it—we we did a fake punt where uh, Shane Murray just ran it up the middle. Then, oh, Derek Turner made a nice catch from a ba- really bad Bostic throw and it set up uh, Pat Bostic from the one yard line yeah the only way we were really going to get in the end zone that day is if we had a short field because we couldn't do anything, we couldn't really do much of anything else we were in when his legs fell off and of course he did get us in the end zone at one point but of course to get of course it was called back on a bad hold, on a phantom holding call. One of the many calls the Big East officials made to, to try to screw us and that was pretty bad. No matter how badly that they tried to screw us, we still won the game. And after that, pretty much the Big East went up in flames because Rich Roy left and we had to rely on Cincinnati, Cincinnati to uh to hold the, whole, the uh, flag for us the next few years because we couldn't free, we, we couldn't finish the damn job and UConn too you so saying, UConn carried the flag for us in the BCS title games because we couldn't get the job done you know we lost a whole bunch you know and we were in that position you know to win the Big East would have been once that's final year and we still screwed up Yep. But yeah, that's your top win. Clemson, obviously, number two. Miami, the the number two Miami game, probably number three because you know Miami at the time wasn't defeated in second nation, and people thought it was the U. You know, the U was back, and then Pitt just you know Pitt dominated them. Because a lot of times it didn't matter how how down down Miami was, they always beat us in some way, in some shape or form. We did beat them recently, you know, when they had Al Golden. And I think we lost him the other, I think the year before, not, not I think the year they fired Al, Al, Al Golden, if they probably would have kept him, we probably would have won one, beat them another time. But they got, you know, a new coach, an interim coach at the time, and there was a new jolt. You know, other games that are on that list, obviously Virginia Tech, the, the Virginia Tech games was 2001, 2002, 2003. 2001 came out of nowhere because Pitt, was, Pitt started off 1-5 that year. And um, Walt, I guess, decided to scrap that spread offense that he tried so desperately to run. Which to this day I still don't get. Because that team was good. That team could have contended for the Big East that year had he not decided to change that offense up and just left it the way it was. But Walt obviously had an issue. Walt had a tendency to outcoach himself, think himself. In that point, he outthought himself. So he flipped it back, simplified it. Pitt went, went on the win out. They get, they get, in the Virginia Tech game, this was their first year on Mike Vick but they were still a good a good football team. A damn good team. Pitches came out of nowhere in that game and they, they just destroyed them. I think it was 31, they were 31 7 or 31-7 or 38-7 1-2. I mean they just totally dilapid, dilapidated them. Yo. Pitt won five straight and they went to the uh, Tangerine Bowl and won their six straight. Beat Phillip Rivers, NC State. 2002, Tech wanted revenge, so we went to Blacksburg at night. Tech was nationally ranked. Really good team still. But they had Brian Randall as a quarterback. and I I never fully bought in the Virginia Tech because... They were hoping Randall was going to be this uh, next coming Mike Vick because he was mobile. But he was a horrible thrower. he couldn't recover just either. I watched him against BC earlier in, in that year. He had all this hype. But really, he wasn't really that good. Pit won 28 21 It was a huge game. Larry Fitzgerald had a huge coming up party. That tw- 2002 team should have won more than nine games that year. They let some games slip. West Virginia for sure they let slip other hands. That was game. that was a game they could have won, should have won, but it was one of those games where they just pitted. Miami, they could have won that game too. I guess uh, you know one thing that killed them was that Willis McGee run before halftime. Met opportunities in the second half and they just couldn't do it. And then they went then they got down to the goal line and Rutherford threw it over Yogi Ross head. In 2003 obviously Tech came to Hines and Pitt was still in the hunt for the Big East title. And Pitt won in the final seconds. Well not really final seconds, more like the final minute. And Marcus Vick threw a pick on the next drive. So those three, you know, those tech games were were fun games, big games. And then you have Notre Dame games as well. You have 2004 ND, where Palco throws five throws five, uh, five touchdown passes at South Bend, drops the F bomb, and that was kind of like the turning point for Pitt, for Pitt season. They got to. They went to the Fiesta Bowl. Then, years maybe like five years later, 2009. Then a bit, you know, Pip was uh, Pip was about on the verge of the top ten. Then they faced Charlie Strong, not Charlie Strong, Charlie Weiss. His group. They had Jimmy Clausen, who was a senior quarterback, and he was really good at you know QB. But Charlie Weiss was our coach, so that was our, that was our big issue. Pitt won that game as well. And plus, you had, uh, the you know, years later, you had the um, game where Tom Savage was the quarterback. And that was, I think, 2012, I believe. in yeah, 2012, 2013. It was the first year for Paul Christ. Savage um played a hell of a game and he had just you know, he had some really good players he had Boyd and Street they had nice games and not to mention Pitts secondary had a hell of a game Vinapol, guys like Vina had some picks so you had those games of course you had the Penn State games as well you have um you have the 2016 Penn State game obviously and Pitt um, that game should have been as close as it was but the problem is, is Pitt didn't really have much of a passing game at that point Well, established it and plus Pitt's defense wasn't that great either and they had to defend against Sa- Saquon Barkley and then Trace McSorley somehow fo- you know, found his fire and Penn State went on the win the Big Ten title that year, but that turned to be a be, out to be a big win for Pitt because it kept Penn State of the uh, the playoffs. The 2000 game will always be a big win for Pitt because it was their first win over Penn State since 1988, and it was a um, one of those things where Pitt could never be Penn State no matter what. Penn State was always going to be the the better team, and Pitt won that game twelve nothing. And really, the game should was the game they should have scored more points than what they did, because that game wasn't really that close as people think. I don't even think Penn State crossed the goal. I don't think Penn State even crossed midfield against us, as far as I remember. There were some, there was something, there was a something where. Pets didn't even cross, you know, a certain uh, part of territory against Pitt's defense. Pitt won in that game, and that was that. So you have all these games. But there are some hidden ones, obviously, we, we don't talk about. There's a 2004 Pitt-West Virginia game, not the 1916 game. That pretty much got Pitt into the... Fiesta the that was a big win not that you know because that was the year supposed that was West Virginia's quote unquote year supposedly that they were going to dominate because Miami and Virginia Tech left them. but people forget that West Virginia's QB was Rasheed Marshall and he wasn't a bad QB but he wasn't great There was so much that guy could do. I mean, he wasn't all that good. I just remember that game, and Pitt's defense wasn't that good, and I always wondered why they weren't running the ball on us as much as they used to. Because 2003, they ran the ball on us with their their spread offense, and they killed us. But this time around, it was a different story. It just, uh... Western had a little hype that year, and it just crumbled. With uh, you know Josh Cummings down three field goals in that um, in that swirling winter wind, which was a big, which was you know probably one of the biggest you know biggest things for Pitt that year. I mean Cummings doesn't get talked much. I remember his dad on the message board used to bitch because nobody talked about his son a lot. And you know, and he's he yeah, he he's his complaint was valid because they won a lot of games because of him although I remember him jumping on the boards when they lost to Syracuse because his son shanked a bunch of field goals and I guess he was defending the hell out of his son because he knew his son was going to get blamed for losing that game because he he had really one job and it was to make field goals and extra points of course Um, that was also a big, game, big win for Pitt Boston College that year was also a big win because BC was also vying for the Big East title and Pitt won that game in overtime I think they I think they, they, had they kick the field goal on their possession and then they forced a fumble t- to win the game yep I remember that game well I believe they threw a pass over the middle, and they, he got Susie as as caught. It he got stripped. And pill won that game in overtime. It was another huge win. So, I mean, those are two other two other wins we we forget about. I am sure there's more I am forgetting about, but those are those you know those ones. There, you see, they they're, they're ones that stick out. You could say a lot of wins during the first year to Narduzzi are huge. I mean that Georgia Tech game when they won by, you know, with that late last second field goal. And I think blew it nailed that. I Blue it. I think, that hit, hit that uh, kick, I believe. But I just remember how that thing, that, that ball just curved at the last minute and just made its way in. I mean, that was a huge win because we, we always had a hard time against Georgia Tech and there we had it. So there goes another one. But um, you know, I would say it's during the Todd Graham era. There wasn't really, which was one season. There was much to talk about. Paul there era. We've had we had some close we had some close ones. We should be Notre Dame was vying for the national title. We had a chance to to beat them, but we couldn't put them away. And you, you know, when it when it gets into the referee's hands, especially itself South and you can't lead, You're gonna lose every time. But all those wins I just showed you—I mean, those were big ones. I mean, you can even say Cincinnati 2007 was a big win because they were ranked. I mean, they were good—they were on the verge of being a really good team, and Pitt wasn't good at all. That they Pitt beat them. And Pat Bostick actually had a decent game in that game. They played. He made some big throws and defense played well. And plus, they I think they had I think Shady and uh, LaRod Stevens both had 100, 100, yard, 100 yards rushing in that game. Because that's when um, you know initially LaRod was the uh, starter, but of course Shady took over and for obvious reasons. But the was a really good teammate. And Larod, to his credit, got himself an NFL paycheck and spent some a few seasons. I mean, I like Larod Stevens. If he was a few inches taller, I think he would have been a you know, he could have spent some time in the NFL a lot more and just returning kicks. He was really he was really speedy, really shifty. I actually like Larod. In the secondary, when I watched him in the Big 33 game, I thought he could have been a really big help in the secondary. Yeah, but he was, you know, he did have some explosion. He did. But anyways, guys, I'm out of here. I've given you guys a half hour. Good Lord. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff. But hell to pit. Bye.